Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Who wants to talk about the Cleveland Browns and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? In overtime, let's do it, shall we? We are halfway through After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Still to come, the Ravens and the Jaguars in a fight to the finish. A freaky finish. That's really the theme for this edition of the show because we had two teams go for it on the two-point conversion with the win on the line. So the point after attempt... Would have produced a tie, potentially overtime. These two teams said, nah. And I thought it was really interesting to hear one coach explain that his team wouldn't let him kick the PAT. They were the ones who made the call to go for it. The win instead of the tie with the two-point conversion. I think that's fascinating team dynamics, locker room dynamics, but isn't that the way that the NFL is going these days? So we'll get to that. We're running through every single game on this edition of the show. Of course, there were three games that took place on Thanksgiving Day. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving weekend. It was, I thought, the three best games of the weekend on paper, but then the way that some of these games played out on Sunday, it was... Electric, per the usual, the NFL drives the bus, baby. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. So find me on Twitter, Radio. Our Monday mortification poll is up and it's live. Uh, And certainly want to know which way you're going to go with this because we've given you four candidates We've asked you which of these teams, and I suppose their fan bases as well, since a direct reflection on the peeps who support them or the ones who are breaking their legs, jumping off the bandwagon. Is it Seattle? Is it Arizona? Two teams from the NFC West who wake up the most mortified and miserable and morose, morbid even, on Monday. (laughs) You know how much I love my alliteration. Or is it the Ravens? Maybe it's the Buccaneers. Oh, yeah, we're going to serve them up on a silver platter here coming up momentarily. So find that tweet again on either my Twitter or our show Twitter after our CBS. And if you have not seen Sean McVay get trucked, it, I, I mean, it's painful looking. It had to hurt. He was still trying to work it out with his jaw uh, even hours later. <laughs> but he did say after the game, this is why I can make jokes. That he doesn't believe he broke his jaw. Just watch it. You can see later in the game too where a bruise starts to develop on the side of his face. 
I give him credit. He played hurt. I mean, he didn't play well. Well, nobody with the Rams played well, uh, but at least he was still out there supporting his quarterback, coaching up his young QB in those moments that were teachable moments. So, yeah, that's on our show Twitter after our CBS and then our Facebook page, our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for those of you who have already liked and subscribed to our YouTube channel based on our newest video version of Ask Amy Anything. It's really about holiday cheer. It's got a Thanksgiving and a thankful flair, but there's so much more to it as we look ahead to, my goodness, the final, what, 35 days of the year, not even 35 days of the year. As (laughs) Tyler Drake laughed at me earlier, I I said something about potential holiday cheer for the Cardinals. He said, the holidays are already here. (laughs) Yes, right. Good point. So find us on either of our social media sites, uh, also our YouTube channel. I know many of you listen as well to our podcast, After Hours, amylawrence.com. All right, here we go. Last game for Jacoby Brissett at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Unless something wrong, something goes horribly wrong with Deshaun Watson in terms of his health. Otherwise... They're invested. They are paying him a fully guaranteed deal. They've already indicated he will start when he is activated, and this is the week. Week 13, the return of Deshaun Watson, but not before the Browns played the Bucks in week number 12. And actually, this was a game in which Cleveland had the lead after the first quarter. Jacoby was giving it everything he could in this game. You could see it. When he gets out and blocks in front of a rusher on the Browns' first touchdown, he's part of the blocking brigade. He and Amari Cooper out there throwing blocks. So it was a fun back and forth initially, and I like the life that I saw with Jacoby and the offense. It's a shotgun. Hunt's on his right hip, waiting on the snap. He's got it. It's a little high. Then they give it off to Hunt. He reverses it to Schwartz. He's wide open. 25-20 with Brissett blocking. 10-5. Touchdown, Anthony Schwartz. Bucks face third down five. Need to reach the five-yard line. Brady shotgun look wide on his right hip. Good snap. Looks up field. Looks up field. Throws the ball to the left side. Caught ball of the three. 2-1. Touchdown to flag thrown. Flag thrown with a touchdown by Gus Godwin. So Chris Godwin is able to haul in a TD from Tom Brady, which means the game is tied 10-10 to at half. Jim Donovan on Browns Radio, Gene Deckerhoff on Bucks Radio. Tampa Bay does take the lead early in the third quarter. It's a pass-heavy drive because this is what they do well when there is no Leonard Fournette. And there was no Leonard Fournette. Uh, and so that's a big deal, right? That's a major piece that's missing for the Buccaneers because he has been a staple for them, uh, certainly has got all the ability to run the ball. And I know they use Rashad White, and he ended up with 14 carries for 64 yards. But I got the feeling, although Brady was under a fair amount of pressure, but I got the feeling that they'd run the ball more if Fournette was out there because they really trust him. He's got a lot of experience But no Lenny, so instead they were pass-heavy in the third quarter. They do take the lead, uh, and they're able to now sit there and hopefully with their defense, right? This is the thinking with Tampa Bay. You do what you need to do on offense, but the defense has covered up their mistakes and has covered up their issues all season long. So even as the Browns and the Bucs get into this putrid stretch where it's 
consecutive empty possessions. Back to back to back to back to back. Eight of them in a row in which there are no points scored. Still, the Bucks defense is doing its job and protecting that lead. Man, there was one moment, if you're watching this game, Amari Cooper has a ball hit him in the chest from Jacoby Brissett. Mid-fourth quarter, he drops it. You never see Amari Cooper do that. Literally bangs off his chest, hits him right in the bread basket on a fourth down, middle of the fourth quarter. But he drops it, and so the ball goes back to the Buccaneers. But they're not able to do anything with it. Miles Garrett was a beast in the fourth quarter. He was everywhere. The spin moves, the getting low, the explosive athleticism. He had a huge sack just before the two-minute warning on third down that forced the ball from the Bucks back to the Browns. Right away, we see them get aggressive. Nick Chubb, 28-yard run, and the stadium was feeling it. Man, what a moment for Jacoby Brissett and for his tight end. Two to the right, from the 12, back to pass. Here's Brissett, looking, firing, end zone. Oh, what a catch by Njoku! Touchdown! What a catch by the Chief! A touchdown! He put it up where only the Chief could get it, and he went up with one hand, only his left hand with the defender draped on him, and stared it in. What a catch by the Chief when you needed it the most. Oh, my goodness, Jim. Oh, yeah, this was awesome. On Brown's radio, Njoku is kind of twisted, uh, and the ball was a, a little bit, well, it was it was to his left hand, right? So <laughs> he reaches up with his left hand, and he grabs it one-handed with a defender draped on him in the back of the end zone because that was how he could reach it. It, it was this strange torque, but it was so amazing, saving the best for last. Uh, and the fact that it comes with mere seconds on the clock in the fourth quarter just adds to that pressure and that clutch performance. So uh, if you haven't seen it, make sure you check it out. They do a good job describing it on Brown's radio. So, yes, uh, they're able to put that touchdown into the end zone and force the overtime. Meanwhile, it's been forever since the Bucs have done anything. Remember, they took the lead early in the third quarter on a touchdown drive, but then all those empty possessions, Miles Garrett is eating Tom Brady's uh, whatever for lunch. He's eating Tom Brady's dust for lunch. He's all up in his, like, just up. It's shadowing him all over the field, and a couple times it's getting to him. And so they go into overtime, and it's more of the same for the Bucks. In fact, there's three punts until they get to the late stages of overtime. And you know me, I always love redemption stories. And in this game, some mini redemption for a great receiver. All right, Hunt in the backfield with Brissett. Three receivers right. Third down and three from the Buccaneer, 48-yard line. Motion by Cooper, tighter to the line. Brissett's got the snap. He's back, settles, looks, throws. He's got Cooper wide open. He caught it. 20, 15, 10, 5, three-yard line. It's first and goal. It's first and goal at the three-yard line. Amari Cooper. He was working on Carlton. Davis gave him a double move on the outside. Once that play kind of broke down, he just took it vertically up the field. And Davis slipped and fell down. Cooper ran right through him, wide open. And Brissett delivered the ball. And now the Browns at the three. And the question is, do you do anything other than kneel? Do you try to run it in right now with Nick Chubb? 
The Browns are going to try to run it in right here behind right. James Hudson. That's right. Hudson the fullback. Motion down the line by Harrison Bryant. Brissett underneath center. Second and goal. Tampa Bay was offside. They give the ball to Chubb. He's driving for the goal line. He is. He's in. He's in. Touchdown. Nick Chubb and the Browns are winners. I think it's amazing that they go for the touchdown instead of settling for the field goal, which at that point obviously would have been the end of the game. So, yes, Amari Cooper with a 45-yard catch more than makes up for his drop in the fourth quarter, and this one happens in the rain, and his route was nasty. I've always said about Amari Cooper, and you'll hear it about Amari Cooper, his greatest strength aside from the fact that he catches footballs, is that he is so disciplined about his routes. He's ferocious with his routes. Uh, he really make, he turns it into a science. I mean, it's, it's almost a, a religious the way that he runs his routes. And so for him to be able uh, to lose his defender the way that he did, in fact, his defender fell down because of, of the stop that he put on him. He slammed on the brakes and then, boom, gone. Uh, the overtime route, was, it was a thing of beauty. And Jacoby Brissett does not miss. And so it's a 45-yard completion. And instead of settling for the field goal, Nick Chubb with the walk-off TD. Again, that's Browns Radio Network. It's only a three-yarder at that point, but it might have felt like that 86-yarder from Josh Jacobs and the Raiders in overtime, uh, the magnitude of it. So a heck of a way for Jacoby Brissett to go out. And I don't know if you all saw this on social media. This was the Browns Twitter. But Kevin Stefanski delivering... uh, the post-game locker room speech. You know why we won that game? Why did we win that game? Because this locker room belief. There was a belief. There was a belief the moment you walked in here, we were not leaving that field that win. Am I right? What we talked about last night. Setbacks paved the way for comebacks. It only happens when you believe, and it only happens with a great team win. Comebacks pave the way for setbacks. I like it. I might start to use that. (laughs) It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Last start for Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. I mean, it's in no disrespect, uh, but in the words of Tom Brady, that was f***ing awesome. (laughs) That was f***ing awesome. Do you remember when the Bucks won? Well, shoot, who was that against that he said that? When they rallied and got that uh, the late drive? Was it against the Rams? It might have been against the Rams in Tampa a couple of weeks ago when they had the late scoring drive and they were finally able to to show off a little bit of what we expected from the Bucks offense. And Brady got to the podium after that game and said, big smile on his face. I think it was because they were celebrating like they had just won the Super Bowl, yeah? And... Uh, they're jumping up and down, and Brady gets in the post-game uh, press conference and says, that was effing awesome. <laughs> and so Jacoby Brissett borrowed his favorite Tom Brady speech <laughs> for the post-game. Yeah, for Jacoby, he's handled his business with class, with grace. I would say, ultimately, the professionalism has really stood out to me. He's done everything that's asked of him, even though he knew this was a temporary starting gig Again, barring injury to Deshaun Watson. But what this win does is keep the Browns hanging around with playoffs on their minds. They're not done. They're not out of it. And that's the theme after this game. Says that we don't quit. You know, um, everyone wants to write us off. 
but that doesn't mean anything to us. I feel like we got to just keep it close in-house and great things will happen. We have to carry the energy that we did a fourth quarter in the overtime, that confidence uh, into you know, next game, into the next game. You know, it was all about being 1-0, all about keeping, uh, uh, keep swinging, you know, keep doing your job, and you know, we're going to like when we, when we come out at the end of the thing. So you know, I think everybody you know, fell into line with that. Miles Garrett is a menace. He's a menace to opposing quarterbacks. But as I say, he was in hot pursuit of Tom Brady, uh, really in the late stages of this game, making life miserable for Brady himself and just all up in his grill. And if he wasn't in his grill, he was chasing him down from behind. (laughs) I mean, he had a, a sack and a half and three QB hits, says mission accomplished for the week. And I love his sack on third down in the late stages that gave the ball back to the Browns so that they could go and could score and force OT. But I also love that a veteran receiver in Amari Cooper, who you knew was going to beat himself up for the drop if he didn't have the opportunity, was able to haul in a near 50-yard reception to set up the game-winning TD. That faith produced perseverance. That's the best way I could describe it. Um, I just had faith that I would be able to come back and make a play and not – and. not drop another ball, you know what I mean? <laughs> I do. I do exactly know what you mean. Maybe not with footballs, but yes. Whenever I screw up, just give me another opportunity. Let me do it again. Let me try one more time. And Amari's the best receiver they've got. So, of course, they were going to come back to him. As for the Buccaneers, there was all this talk about how the last couple of weeks were a springboard. That late drive to beat the Rams was the springboard and the push that they needed to kind of get them first back to 500 and then taking charge in the NFC South. This is a major step back for them because they had plenty of opportunities. It was a tough situation. Um you know, it was in the end, they just made the plays and we didn't. I mean, we had just opportunity, same opportunities to make plays that they did and they made them. We didn't. That's ultimately what football comes down to. Someone's got to make them and someone's, you know, for every play that you give up on defense, they make an offense and vice versa. You know, they stop you on defense. You don't make a play on offense. So, you know, it's just every play is an individual win or loss. And, you know, we just we're losing too many. We're not finishing third downs. Third downs have been crucial for us, uh, stopping us from driving the ball. I think we were like four of 16, something like that. They were might, might have been five of 17, uh, which was about 24%. And if you can't score or get the ball moving on third down, it's going to be tough to stay on the field. Four of 15 on third down. Todd Bowles is correct. So, yes, you can hear the low lows have returned to the Buccaneers' voices and their locker room. Not that they aren't still in first place, but this one definitely gives you the Monday morning misery. It's a dark day. And and mortification, which is why they are in the poll. They fall back below 500. I don't want to say all the work was for naught, because that's not true. They're still ahead of the NFC South. And I wouldn't bet against them in the playoffs. Still. It's that's Brady's jam. But without Leonard Fournette, the offense is not the same and they cannot afford to take other steps back on offense, right? It's hard enough for them to score on offense. They really can't afford not to have Lenny and run the ball. Falcons though, also lose on Sunday. They're now five and seven. So the top team in that division has five wins. It is the worst division in football. Hands down. 
which is strange to say because that's where Tom Brady resides. Sorry. <laughs> Why do you make me laugh? Maybe you sound like I'm laughing at them. I'm not laughing at the NFC South. It just happens to be this year's version of the NFC East or the old NFC East because now the NFC East is a beast. Coming up. What shall we do? I guess we could talk commanders because I just mentioned the NFC East commanders and Falcons because that fits so perfectly. And there were other games too that we haven't even gotten to yet. And, and (laughs) really that I don't want to, no, I'm just kidding. You know, whatever the Broncos suck. I can say that and, and say it without any, uh, I can say it without any type of emotion because I'm just immune to it by now. Uh, Broncos and Panthers as well as Sam Darnold returns to the football field for the Panthers. A lot of quarterback changes that took place in week 12. A revolving door. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After Hours Podcast. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Falcons at the Commanders, West Durham on Atlanta Falcons Radio, and then Bram Weinstein on Commanders Radio. And Washington is able to finally get the nose in front in this game. It's really more of a slugfest. 
a six-minute drive in the third quarter, and they were heavy with Brian Robinson, giving him a lot of opportunities, a lot of touches, and ultimately results in a John Bates touchdown pass from Taylor Heineke that puts the Commanders up 16-10. to And then you have a couple of field goals in this game, and Atlanta seems to settle into a groove with the game on the line, has possessed the ball for four-plus minutes on nine plays, and is marching into the Washington red zone, trailing by just a few points. Well, trailing by one possession. And I don't know if it was simultaneously or if I just saw it on a replay, but I heard an announcer say something about them being destined for the end zone or something about how they were headed for the end zone. It would have been that kind of a drive. It had been that kind of a march for the Falcons. He didn't use the word inevitable, but he made it seem like it was just a matter of time. 101 to go. 19-13 commanders. Second and goal to goal for Atlanta. Mariota in the shotgun. He's got Patterson to his left, two receivers to his left. And one to his right is Zacchaeus. Man comes in motion now. And back to pass is Mariota. Ball's tipped. It's in the air. And is it picked off in the end zone? The commander said they picked it off. Did Kendall Fuller get it? Waiting for the signal. Interception. Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller is hanging out for dear life. He realizes how huge this is. The entire stadium is on their feet realizing Washington just might have saved the game. Washington did, in fact, seal the game with that Kendall Fuller interception, and it was a tipped ball by Deron Payne. With 58 seconds to go, Kendall Fuller hauls it in. Uh, On Commander's Radio, you hear that final moment. So, yeah, we're talking goal line. Falcons appear to be headed for... Now, it would have been interesting, right, because uh, they, if they had gotten in the end zone, they would have been tied uh, and would still have had to make the kick, but... You know, you got to trust your kicker in those situations. So in Washington or at Washington, it's another clutch play by the defense that seals this one. And that is now six wins in seven games for the commanders. I know that they're in the basement of the NFC beast, but that's actually a misnomer. The basement or the caboose, bring it up the rear, if you will. Those are two metaphors that I use. Because there is a very real possibility. It has happened before. It wouldn't be the first time. But there's a very real possibility that all four teams in that division end up in the playoffs. It's kind of emblematic of of, of the two teams. I mean, if you look at them, we're both in the same category, in my opinion. You know, the character being they're going to be a downhill physical team on both sides of the ball. And and, and that's really what we are. Um, And we played that way today. You know, um, they had their moments. We had our moments. And um, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, the one thing that evened out was the takeaways. We come in every day and work hard for each other. And, uh, you know, we have fun doing it. So uh, to see it come out on Sundays, and especially in situations like that, it's, um, it's a really cool deal. Again, the defense came up huge there at the end. And, you know, Kendall just keeps making those plays. So, um, you know, really, really good team effort there. Referring to Kendall Fuller and Taylor Heineke likes the direction the team is going. A couple of touchdowns and interception for him. We're not talking about a beautiful game here. We are talking about what Ron Rivera was saying, the identity of these two teams on display. They both want to run the ball and control the run. 
Uh, they both want to be able to dominate time of possession. They, they're they okay winning ugly. That's what they do. Now, both teams were over 300 yards uh, total, but not a whole lot of trips into the, the red zone. Uh, combined five trips into the red zone for them. But get this. Between the two teams, they were well over 300 yards rushing. So that's kind of what we're talking about. More of a slug a slugfest. It's a smash mouth type of game that we're seeing all over the NFL. Brian Robinson, the rookie running back for the Commanders with 18 carries and a career high 105 yards for him. So he's become a major weapon for the Commanders. I know, you know, I got to, you know, put my you know my my best hand forward. You know, I got to perform the best I can. So, you know, it's me versus me every day I wake up and you know, I'm feeling some type of way based off of you know, the situation in the past, but, you know, I got to continue to, you know, work and, you know, get better and, you know, help my team win. Congratulations to Ron Rivera, his 100th career coaching win uh, when you combine both the playoffs and the regular season. As for the Falcons, this one stings, uh, and they stink away from home, so they're the opposite. They're the antithesis of the Arizona Cardinals because the Falcons are 1-5 and on the road, but if you think about it, if they make the playoffs, they're they, they could make the playoffs as a wild card. It's looking more likely, though, that they would have to win the division to make the playoffs. So, yes, they'd be able to host a playoff game. But you remember it reminded me, actually, of the Commanders in Ron Rivera's first year. Wasn't that 2020 when they had a losing record and hosted the Buccaneers in the opening round of the playoffs? Obviously, Tampa Bay won. They went on to... Uh, find that groove, and and because they they didn't have a great record, they also had to play a lot of games away from home. But that does not suit the Falcons, uh, even if they were to get in and win the division. And let's just say, for the sake of argument, uh, they managed to win that playoff game, advance past the wild card round. They'd have to hit the road, and that's something that they don't seemingly have on their resume right now. And they really did get shoved around a bunch by the commander's defensive line. They've been relying on their front. Um, you know, that's it's a good, it's a good defense. It really wasn't that different. I mean, they, they, and that's a credit to them. I mean, a lot of times when you get, you're playing teams that are that stout up front that they usually don't do a whole lot. And that's not a shot. That's just the reality of it. That's in smart play to your strengths. Mariota was feet away from getting into the end zone and potentially taking the lead in those late stages. Instead, the Falcons fall to five and seven after his interception. I thought it was a great play call. Um, you know, CP was open. Um, unfortunately, he got his hand up, made a play on it, and, um, you know, bounced their way. It definitely did bounce their way. I like that the commander's defense is, is a ball-hawking defense as well. All right, coming up, man, there's still a lot to get to, but it's all right. We've got time. We can do this thing. I mentioned the other team that decided to go for the win instead of settle for the tie and overtime, and it may have just been a culture-building, confidence-building weekend for a team that has seen some highs this season, but it also found themselves in a rut and hadn't been able to generate the wins to go along with the progress. Well, that changed on Sunday. 
It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. On Twitter, on Facebook, we're asking you who is the most miserable and mortified on Monday. And that includes fan bases. You know, we we take on the personalities of our teams a lot of the time. So you can vote on either of our sites. And also, if you want to... Uh, Go back and listen to any part of the show. If you didn't hear us talking about your game or your team, we cover every single one on Sunday nights into Monday morning. So our podcast is out. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. After Hours, amylawrence.com. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Shotgun for Trevor Lawrence, four-man front for Baltimore. Trevor drops the throw, looks, fires downfield. That's Hasty along the right sideline. Jamal Hasty into the end zone, touchdown. Jamichael Hasty, touchdown. Jaguars from 28 yards out. Jackson under center. Ricard in front of Edwards. Given to Edwards. Right side. Hit at the one. Second ever. Pushes forward. Touchdown Ravens. Shotgun this time. From the one yard line. Trevor drops. Fires right side. Jamal Agnew into the end zone. Touchdown. A one yard touchdown pass from Trevor Lawrence to Jamal Agnew. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The great back and forth between the Ravens and the Jaguars on Sunday week 12. Jerry Sandusky on Ravens Radio and Frank Frangi on the Jaguars Radio Network. And it's 1917 uh, when you have the Jamal Agnew touchdown. And this takes place uh, about midway through the fourth quarter. Actually, let me think about it. I feel like that's not correct. 
either my notes are completely wrong or. All right, hold on. Let me look. <laughs> oh, no, I got it right. Always trust your notes. <laughs> I said that and I was like, that doesn't sound right, but it's true. Always trust your notes. The, the problem with with all these games all at once for me anyway, not saying it's a problem for anyone else, but there's so much that's happened since the early games on Sunday that if I don't write everything down, I can't possibly keep, well, not everything, but if I don't write the particulars down and the points that I want to make, there's no way I can remember them. What is it? 16 hours later. And then sometimes I look at my notes and I think that doesn't sound right. Always trust what you wrote down. You dork. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I mean, I could tell you there goes the perfect show, but it wasn't even a perfect hour, so I can't really tell you that. Yes, all right, reset. Second chance. Mulligan, if you will. It's Uh, not perfect. It's not pretty sometimes, (laughs) usually. Ever. But it is us. (laughs) Okay. I'm not even going to take that as an insult. (laughs) It's just. It's true. Uh, there's no such thing as perfect when it comes to me and my radio show. So <laughs> if I just go with my first answer, isn't that what they tell you when you take uh, those standardized tests? Always stick with your first answer if you're unsure. <laughs> okay, not to mention I'm staring right at it on my notes. So I have a cheat sheet for heaven's sake. So yes, um, I got this. Midway through the... <laughs> that was... <laughs> was that John Harbaugh? <laughs> Great. Just great. <laughs> At least the Ravens and I have something in common. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be miserable when I go home on Monday morning as well. It is us. <laughs> yes. Uh, just inside of six minutes to go. I'm trusting my notes now. With the Jamal Agnew touchdown pass from Trevor Lawrence, it was, in fact, <laughs> a 1917 lead for. The Ravens, okay, so the Ravens still have the nose in front. But immediately after that, Gus Edwards fumbles. And we're talking about, oh, 15 seconds later of game time, Gus Edwards has a fumble, which leads to then a field goal for the Jaguars because they've got the short field. Now, credit the Ravens' defense for keeping them out of the end zone in that case because they got the ball on the 16-yard line and had to settle for a field goal following that Edwards fumble. All right, so here we are with 20 to 19 advantage for the Jaguars, and we're talking about the final four minutes. But this is where it it, it actually you saw the game kind of catapult into a completely different stratosphere, and both teams I thought were putting forward their best offense in the late stages. Lamar Jackson to throw. He's got a man open. There's Oliver. He's to the one in touchdown Ravens. Josh Oliver. What a play. And the Ravens have extended their hope this afternoon in Jacksonville as they regain the lead with 2.02 left to play. And they tag on the two-point conversion. Oh, a little bit of foreshadowing there for the Baltimore Ravens and Jerry Sandusky on their their radio network. So, yes, we're talking about two minutes to go. And what I love about this game is that you're looking at an established team in the Baltimore Ravens that has a lot of success with Lamar Jackson, certainly individually, uh, but also team-wise. They've had a lot of success since Lamar took over as their starting quarterback. And uh, he and John Harbaugh have kind of remade that offense into his image. It's been... A good stretch. And, of course, they still have designs on winning another Super Bowl. The Jaguars are where the Ravens want to go. 
And they're starting in a place that isn't completely rock bottom, but the task was made so much harder by what Urban Meyer did last year in Jacksonville. And so not only is Doug Peterson coming in with a world-class resume and a Super Bowl win not that long ago, so he brings instant credibility, but he's having to pull out kind of the weeds that were growing up with the Urban Meyer tenure but didn't even last a year it was such a bad decision but it set the Jaguars back and so it's about remaking culture it's about teaching these guys how to win it's about teaching them how to play football the right way and yes they already had Trevor Lawrence and that's huge that's one major step that a lot of teams have to make when they begin a rebuilding process the the Jaguars didn't have to do that but it's been tough because that first season uh, really set him back and set the team back. So, man, what a moment for the Jaguars as they are able to march the field and put themselves in position not just for a tie, not just to be competitive, not just for moral victories, but for an actual W. 20 seconds to play. The clock turns. Trevor drops. Fires toward the right corner of the end zone. That ball is caught. Caught. Caught for the touchdown in the right corner of the end zone. How good is that? Touchdown, Jacksonville, Marvin Jones Jr. <laughs> Shotgun for Trevor. He drops. He looks. Fires left side of us. Caught! 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 Zay Jones catches it. The two-point conversion is good. Jacksonville has taken the lead. How good is that? Wow. What a throw again by Trevor Lawrence. I mean, an absolute bullet. Keeping up with the Joneses, Trevor Lawrence is able to first find Marvin Jones for the touchdown and then Zay Jones for the two-point conversion. 14 seconds to go, and Baltimore didn't have an answer. And here's the part that I love. You've got the Jaguars deciding to go for two with not even 20 seconds left on the clock, and Doug actually points to his locker room. Our guys believe. They believe once we scored that touchdown at the end that you know they wanted to go for two. It wasn't my decision. The players were like, let's go. you know. And, and I got a lot of faith and trust in them, and just a, a well-executed play. It's the play we've had in our game plan pretty much every week, and, and um, we were able to pull it out great, you know, Trevor today was, you know, was lights out. He played extremely well. That throw, that catch um, for the two-point was, was a thing of beauty. And, um, you know, I think as a football team, too, you know, a win like this just, you know, um, kind of heads us in the right direction. Guys in the huddle, like, never lost, never lost faith, you know, didn't flinch. Right back to the huddle, next play. It didn't really matter what happened. Um, and just that belief that we have in one another. We've been on the wrong side of these a lot. And it's cool to see, even though that's happened a lot, that we, we still have never lost faith, um, always trusted one another, and it, it felt good to be on the other side of this one. The game in our hands as a defense, you know, we expect to win that, you know, every time. And uh, we didn't get it done. And we knew they were talented. I mean, they, they fought hard and made the plays to win the game. Uh, but this one definitely stings. That's the voice of Calais Campbell. Want to hear something crazy? If you weren't watching this game, inside of two minutes, so just inside the two-minute warning, Calais Campbell sacked Trevor Lawrence on that last drive by the Jaguars, sacked him and forced a fumble. And the fumble was recovered by the Jags. 
that's how things could have played out so differently. But yeah, it was actually uh, a, a fumble and it was a strip sack uh, and a fumble and Calais Campbell was right in the middle of it, but they could not recover the football. And so the drive continued. Congratulations to Doug Peterson and the Jags. They're now four and seven. The Ravens fall back to seven and four. And oh, look, they've got company because this is the Cincinnati Bengals that started to, to find a little traction late last season. Burrow in the gun with Pirine to his right. Two receivers left, one out to the right. Joe surveys the defense. Two deep safeties for Tennessee. Joe catches the shotgun snap. Fakes to Pirine. Floats it toward the end zone. And Higgins, oh, he's got it. Touchdown, oh, yeah. Bengals. <laughs> as he used his height and his size and went up and over the cornerback in coverage for the touchdown. McCreary, he just, he just out-muscled them, Dan. You're right. Back-to-back scoring drives for the Bengals in the second half against the Titans. This one taking place in Nashville, and we're talking about possession-type drives. Uh, So over five minutes to get a field goal, and then this touchdown drive that features a lot of T. Higgins. 24-yard catch, a 27-yard touchdown that he hauls in. Dan Horde and Dave Lapham there on Bengals radio. And, yeah, Burrow recognizes this team. Guys stepping up. it It was great to get a win like this. You know, this is kind of how they all were down the stretch last year. You know, we're maybe, you know, we left a lot out on the field on offense. Defense stepped up, and then, you know, we made the plays in the fourth quarter to, to go win the game. You know, the run game's starting to, to show itself. We, we ran the ball really, really well today uh, against a, a great front, a great run defense. Uh, we, we were really physical. Protection was awesome. Offensive line just gets better and better, and guys are, are making plays. Over 100 yards rushing for the Bengals. Meanwhile, Derrick Henry limited to just 63. Well, Derrick Henry and the Titans were limited to just 63 rushing yards. Uh, and there was a, a couple of bizarre moments in this one. Derrick Henry fumbles after, what is it, 69 yards of running uh, fumbles. But the ball is recovered in the end zone by a teammate for a touchdown. And then a roughing the kicker penalty actually gave the Bengals a first down. Allows them to run out the clock. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.